0: Good morning, good hope. It's so good to be with you. I am blessed to be able to come to you and to deliver this message. Uh, God has just impressed upon my heart this morning that, that I need to deliver this message, okay? I hope that it, I hope it blesses you as well. So I'm so glad to be here. I'm glad that you are tuning in and listening to it. May God send his richest blessings during our time together as we look into his word. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for the technology that we are able to deliver a message uh, clear across even the world. So, Father, we're just amazed at that. Father, I pray your word will go forth with power, just as you said that it always does. And, Father, I pray that everyone listening and watching uh, this, uh, this technology today, I pray that your Holy Spirit will just speak to them and encourage them. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm Dr. Richard Harris. I'm associate pastor, one of the associate pastors here at Good Hope Live uh, here at Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. And uh my message today, my message, I call it when you think your dream has died. All right, let's get into it. You know, has has God given you a dream? I mean a dream, a vision, an idea, something that something that, that you know that he wants you to do and to accomplish uh, in your life. You know, God has a purpose for every one of us, me and you. God has a purpose. There's a plan. There's a reason why you're still here. Why, you have not gone to glory yet. There is a reason. It's because God still has something for you. Something for you to do. There's a reason for you to be here today. I think there's a reason for you to be listening to this message right now. I believe that God planned it. I believe that this is something for you. Maybe you won't need this message right now, but I guarantee you the time will come in your life when you will... Look back and say, I'm. I remember that. I remember Doctor Harris talking about this, and it will help you. You know, some of you have had a dream, and and it just feels like maybe maybe you've just failed the dream. You know, maybe maybe the dream has failed you. So you might even think that maybe God failed you because you weren't able to accomplish what you really thought He was intending for you to do. Well, I want to tell you something, Pastor Rick Warren from uh, Saddleback. Uh, church out in Mission Viejo, California. Pastor Warren, uh, he and John Maxwell were, were two of my mentors when I was young, growing up. And about 25, 30 years ago, Pastor Warren, he he taught me something. And I have literally gone back to this over and over and over again in my life. And it has helped me and it has strengthened me. And I just felt God impressed me today to share that with you. I always find that things that, things that help me uh, tend to help other people as well. And so I want to share that with you because it deals with this whole idea of dreams. It's based on two verses in the Bible. And it uses several examples from well-known Bible characters. I Like I said, I call it when you think your dream has died, and it, it, it comes in the form of the six phases of faith. That's what I want to teach you today. It's helped me numerous times over the last three decades. I pray that it will help you as well. Here's our scripture verses. The first one is Hebrews 11.1. 1. They're familiar verses. Hebrews 11.1, 1. faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And then the second one is Galatians 6, 9. And we're going to be referring back to these verses as we go along. Galatians 6, 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Galatians 6, 9. The six phases of faith. I'm going to use several Bible characters to illustrate this as we go through each one. Uh, Noah, they're, they're probably all familiar to you. Noah, Abraham, Joseph, Moses, David, Nehemiah, Jesus. Very familiar Bible characters. They all went through these various phases of faith in their life. The Bible says there's a very, or teaches that there's a very specific, there's a pattern or a process. That God performs in our lives when once he gives us a dream. So let's get started. Six steps, six phases of faith. Here it is. Number one, God gives us a dream. It, it always starts with that. Okay. Everything starts with a dream, an idea, a goal, a challenge, a promise, a desire, an ambition. When God wants to do anything, he starts with a dream. And some of you have started a, a business. Uh, it began as a dream in your mind. This church, Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church, this church began as a dream in one or a few people's minds, what, 130-some years ago? A long time ago. It began as a dream. God gave them a dream. Hey, I think we should build a church here. Yeah, and here we are. Over 100 years later, we're still worshiping. It began as a dream. God gave Noah the dream of building an ark. God gave Abraham the dream of being the father of a great nation. God gave David the dream of being the king of Israel. God gave Nehemiah the dream of rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem after the enemies had destroyed it. God always starts with a dream. Nothing happens until somebody starts dreaming. And that pattern just goes throughout Scripture God starts with a dream. That's number one. Here's number two. A decision. It goes from dream to a decision because there's a lot of people who have had dreams. I I, I say I say they're living uh, they're living on this island somewhere. It's, it's called Somewhere Isle or someday Isle. Someday Isle. There we go. I don't know where it's at. Someday Isle. Yeah. It must be a beautiful place because a lot of people live there. Someday I'll. Someday I'll do this. Someday I'll start this business over here. Someday I'll go travel here. Someday I'll. Someday I'll. Are you living on Someday I'll? <laughs> it starts with a dream, but you've got to make a decision to go for the dream. You, you can't just say, well, someday I'll do this or that. No, the decision-making stage, it, it, it's in the process of faith. And and the decision-making stage, that's the stage where you have to invest, you have to commit, you have to, to really lay it on the line, and you invest your time, your money, your energy, your effort, you make a decision to go for it. Abraham had to make a decision after he got the dream from God. He had to make a decision. He had to let go of his homeland. He had to decide to let go of his friends and everything that he knew in order to leave and follow God to a place that he didn't even know where he was going. He had to make that decision. Moses had to make the decision to let go of a promising career in Pharaoh's court, second in command in Egypt in order to follow God's will. Nehemiah had to make the decision that he would dare to ask the king for a favor, knowing full well that if the king was not pleased with his request, it would mean off with Nehemiah's head. He had to make the decision to go for it. Jesus had to make the decision to go to the cross and be executed for your sins and mine. He had to make that decision. He had a choice. There's always a decision-making time because faith is a verb. Faith is an action verb. It's not passive. First the dream, then the decision. And why are we willing to make a decision like that? Why are we willing to step out in faith? Why are we willing to take the risks? Galatians 6, 9, Let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. First the dream, then the decision. Here's number three. Delay. Oh, this is where we get bogged down, isn't it? Delay. There's always a delay, it seems, when God works in your life. He gives you a dream, but he doesn't fulfill the dream immediately. There's a delay. There's a time lapse. There's a waiting period. Nothing is more common in life than waiting. You know, we have to wait on everything and yet, yet nothing, nothing do we hate more than waiting. We wait on traffic. We wait in the doctor's office. We wait at the restaurant. Oh, by the way, why, why do they call the, the guy, uh, working in the restaurant the waiter? Because he's not waiting on anything. No, I'm the one. I'm the customer. I'm the one waiting. I wait. I wait on him to come take my order. I wait on him to bring me my food. I wait on him to bring me the bill. He's not waiting. I'm the waiter. I don't know why we call it that. Anyway, sometimes we have to wait on God. Have you ever said, hurry up, God. I got your dream. I made the decision to go for it now. Come on, hurry up. Every believer in the Bible had to go through God's school of waiting. Dream, decision, delay. Noah waited 100 a year, 120 years for it to rain. That's a wait. Abraham waited 99 years for a son. Joseph waited years in prison, falsely accused. Moses waited 40 years in the desert. David was anointed king as a young man, but he had to wait for years to actually become the actual king of Israel. Jesus waited 30 years for three years of ministry. So how does God take us through the delay stage? You know, why does he do that? Well, it teaches us to trust him. You know, a, a typical reaction is: you know, what, what's wrong, God? We, we we start to doubt. Did I miss the dream? We, we, we may learn that a delay is not a denial. A delay is a delay. Okay? Part of maturity is learning the difference between no and not yet. No means no. Not yet means not yet. We have to teach this to our children. We've got to learn it ourselves. A delay will never, never destroy God's dream and God's purpose in your life never because delays are part of god's purpose in your life how do you how you handle them determines your your faith waiting is an act of faith hebrews 11:1 again faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen parentheses even if there is a delay it gives us assurance about things we cannot see first comes the dream then the decision to invest time and money and effort, and then comes delay. Here's number four. Along with that delay, you'll usually run into number four, difficulties. Are difficulties a part of God's plan? Definitely. And there's two kinds of difficulties we usually face, critics and circumstances. Imagine the difficulties that some of these men were talking about in the Bible. Imagine the difficulties they had to go through in fulfilling God's dream. Think of the difficulties each one faced. Moses faced leading a half million Jews across the the desert. I mean, think about that. The logistics of a half a million people in the desert. The logistics of water and food and restrooms. They didn't have porta-potties back then. I mean, just the logistics are just mind blowing. David was anointed by Samuel to be king, but for the next several years, he was chased all over the countryside by King Saul, trying to kill him. And so David was hiding in caves and literally running for his life. Joseph, his whole life was downhill. He comes to his brothers and says, Hey, one day I'm going to rule over all you guys. <laughs> That went over like a lead balloon, didn't it? They sold him into slavery, and he sold as a slave into Potiphar's house. Then Potiphar's wife accuses him of rape, and he gets arrested and he gets put in jail. His whole life is downhill for the first 40 years. Noah. Imagine the difficulties he had of organizing a floating zoo. I mean, you can't put the snakes next to the birds. You can't put the mice next to the elephants. I mean, difficulties all the way around. They're part of God's plan. Well, finally, you know, you come to the end of your rope. And you think you've exhausted all the limits of your ability. God's dream just doesn't work. You've tried. We're at the end of our rope. I I call that number five, dead end. You've reached a dead end. The situation deteriorates until it becomes an impossibility. There's no way out. It looks totally hopeless. Are any of you there this morning? Are you feeling that this morning? Are you at the end of your rope? Do you feel like you're boxed into a corner? Humanly speaking, there's no way out. You're out of gas. The situation looks hopeless. Galatians 6, 9 again, let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. In other words, if we don't throw in the towel because we're at a dead end. Abraham, I find it interesting that God made a promise to Abraham that he'd be the father of a great nation and then he waited until he was 99 years old when it was, it was impossible for Abraham and Sarah to have children. Okay? And, and, and God said at age 85, Abram, Abram, I'm going to change your name to Abraham. From Abram to Abraham, which means father of many nations. I mean, can you imagine Abraham walking into McDonald's? You know, and, and I mean, it'd be embarrassing. I mean, he walks into McDonald's. Hey, what's your name? Abraham. Father of many nations. Oh yeah? Uh how many kids do you have? None. That'd be very awkward, wouldn't it? Yeah. How old are you? Uh nine, nine, ninety, ninety-nine. Wow. The Bible says Abraham looked at his body, and he said, No way. Yeah, you know, I'm in my 90s. Yeah. You know, uh, he looked at Sarah, his wife, and said, No way. We're not having any kids. Okay? Isn't that typical? God waits until it's spiritually, physically, just impossible from a human standpoint. You come to a dead end. The death of a vision. The death of a dream. But later, Abraham did have a son. And then we got another situation. God tells Abraham to take his son Isaac up on a mountain and sacrifice him. What? What? You can't be the father of many nations when your son, you're going to sacrifice him. That doesn't work. That's the death of a dream right there. Jesus. Jesus brought in a vision of the kingdom. The disciples were excited. And then one day, Jesus was nailed to a cross and crucified, dead. They buried him. The disciples bewildered, disillusioned. What happened? What happened? Our Messiah is dead. For three days, they they, they wander around, uh, wander around in, in in a dazed attitude. It's over. It's finished. They reach a dead end. You know, at this stage in your life, you begin to question. Well, what's going on, God? Did I misinterpret your plan? Did I miss your vision? Did I miss your dream? Did you bring me this far just to, to drop me? Moses. I think the best illustration of of phase five, the dead end, is Moses. He's leading the people out of Egypt, and they're at the the Sea of Reeds, the the Reeds Sea. God pushed them into a cul-de-sac. Mountains on either side of them, an enemy behind them, and an ocean in front of them that's a dead end. They were boxed in. There was no way out. They began to grumble. Well, maybe it would have been better if we just stayed in Egypt. At least there was some security there. We're going to die here. And they began to complain. Now, the question is, did God make a mistake leading them into that dead end, boxing them in? No. Because God knew exactly where he wanted them and what wanted them to learn. Some of you are feeling boxed in right now. Maybe you're about to go bankrupt. Maybe you got problems in your marriage. Everything seems to be falling apart. You're, you're right where God wants you to be if you're following his dream, though. Now, it's interesting. In Hebrew, the name of the place where they were boxed in at the, the Sea of Reeds was called Ba'azephon. It means God's Hidden Treasure. When I think there is no way out and we're at a dead end and I've done everything I could, there's a hidden treasure there. When you're flat on your back, all you can do is look up at God because that's where faith comes comes through. God was preparing them for our last phase, phase six. Here it is deliverance. God does a miracle. God provides the solution. He delivers. He makes good on his promise. He supernaturally fulfills the dream, not by human effort, but by supernatural means. He parts the reed sea. He gives Abraham that son, 100 years of age. Later, when he's sacrificing him, he provides a ram out of the thicket. Miraculously, he provides the solution. Why does God allow the dreams that he gives us to die. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, I think, has the answer. The Apostle Paul is writing 2 Corinthians 1, 8, and 9. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, the Apostle Paul writes, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. It says that God, God allows the dreams to die so that we will not rely only on ourselves, but will rely on God Who raises the dead. If God can raise the dead, he can raise a dead marriage. If God can raise the dead, he can heal cancer. If God can raise the dead, he can do anything that you need him to do. Our impossibilities are simply God's opportunities. He loves to turn crucifixions into resurrections. He loves to turn dead ends into deliverance. He loves to turn Night into day, he specializes in miracles. And then he gets the credit. Hebrews, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. And Galatians. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So in order to handle the discouraging times of life, you need to understand how God works. He gives dreams. You make a decision. Then there's usually a delay and difficulties. Finally, you come to a dead end. But that's when God steps in and provides deliverance. God has done it for me many times. I'll guess he's done it for you too. But if you've never experienced God's miracle working power, then I would encourage you, stay encouraged, hang in there, and believe because he's going to come through and make that dream happen. If you've never received Christ as your Savior, that's the first step. That's the first miracle right there. Is you saying, Jesus, I need this miracle-working power in my life. I need a dream, a vision, an idea from you. It starts by asking God to forgive you of your sins. To say, yes, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me, for my sins. He took my sins upon himself so that I wouldn't have to pay that penalty, that price. And I want to receive Jesus into my life. I want to follow him. That's where it starts. And then it goes on day by day as you walk in faith. Let's pray. God, our Heavenly Father, I pray that this message will be as impactful to those who have listened and watched today as impactful for them as it was for me 25, 30 years ago when Pastor Warren uh, presented this to me. Lord, I pray that if they do not know Jesus, that this would be the day in which each one would commit their life to you. And I pray that you, through the power of your word and your Holy Spirit, would keep all of us encouraged when we face those difficulties in life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.